everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. And welcome along to LOI Central. What a show we have today. Uh, I'm just predicting that because we haven't actually done anything yet. But Alan Reynolds is on. He's always good entertainment. And uh, we have a packed mailbag with Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald. We have uh, so much to get through in terms of the games that uh, took place um, not only last night, the night before and the weekend as well. Um, but we have the big grudge game. The big, big grudge game. And the both of us are going to a press conference later where... Pats basically kept us on the QT and Dundalk have been on the QT this week. That's how we love it. We're in association with Future Ticketing. It's not how we love it at all, Jack. That's absolutely well, rubbish. It, no, because it's given us a talking point because they're obviously running away from the issue. Like they're, they're, yeah. they're so transparent in keeping it on the down low that it's a point in itself that Dundalk and Pats don't want any media this week really at all to do with Stephen. Well, anyway, we'll get to that. Yeah. We're, in, we're in association with Future Ticketing. There'll be words from Dundalk on Friday's newspapers, I would say. Uh, thinly veiled I have a piece ready uh, future ticketing Porterhouse Brew um, who we're going to give away uh, four lovely brews again this week and Collar and Cuff who this week Dan had a geezer in who is literally seven feet tall and if you want to fe- if you want to feel seven feet tall go to Collar and Cuff well obviously yeah, you, well yeah I mean I take your point you don't, you don't want to get the shirt belonging to the seven <laughs> foot tall man then how, do, just, how, how do they have it you, you actually look smaller than you are because yeah. you have long suits um, he, 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 if, if you check out Colin and Cuff's Instagram page I want to re, we give it a plug the guy is actually seven feet tall and he looks it as well so the lad putting on the you know, he looks like he's on his knees trying to, you know, f- basically suit and boot him. It's not uh, Decky now. I don't know who it is. More senior member of staff. This guy, I, I, it almost looks like a mannequin. In age, you mean? You're not suggesting Decky's been demoted? No, no, no. In in, in age. In age. Yeah. De- well, Decky runs the show. Exactly. So yeah, he's more senior, you just have to be careful. Ex-League of Ireland as well. You know, yeah. I'd say some people might have saw that seven foot tall guy and like, back in the day some League of Ireland manager would have just called him up and given him 20 minutes yeah. in a game just get the, the tallest you. player you've seen in the League of Ireland there's oh. a shout now for the for the well, mailbag next think, week I think um, well, we've actually referenced we had Ollie Catlin we referenced the Ibrahim and Tiam who played for Drawd at that time right. I'm, I'm not sure if he was actually particularly tall he was just sort of very wiry and, and, and sort of tall you know I'm trying to think well, you know, six five, six six. Was wasn't there a dude who played for Sligo back in the day? Who was, um, I'm trying to think of his name. They, 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 Sligo had a couple of overseas giants mm. in, their, in their in their squad at various stages. Had a few lads who liked overseas joints as well in the squad. Joints, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what type well, of joints are you talking well, about? Well, I think a lot of people will know what I'm on about there. Bur- burger joints? No, oh, okay. no. Right, okay. Um, I actually remember um going to uh going to a Go United game with a fan um. I was talking to a fan who liked his liked his his herbs, shall we say? And it was like parsley and dill and tarragon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one such player who may have played for another West of Ireland club, um, just like he would, he were involved in a really important game that night, and came up and hailed him for his. Um, his Inhaled. stuff, his, his stuff out of the game. Said, Hailed man, that stuff is really, really nice. It's after a big, big game in Belfield. <laughs> it's like, this is just a brilliant league. Um, that stuff doesn't go on anymore. It's all clean cut living well, now. you keep saying that. You keep telling me, like, you, what was your thing recently? Dan's big things. Oh, I see a photo of lads uh, on the piss from the League of ball, Ireland. I have to say, don't pass it on. And off the ball, you were suggesting recently, oh, no one drinks anymore and people don't socialise. And I'm like, nah, that's just something they say in interviews, Johnny. It's not reflective of the reality. It's not what it was, Dan. Well, it's, listen, it's not Sunday afternoon games. Everyone go to the pub after. And they wouldn't necessarily be drinking pints now. But um, Will we go to the mystery voice before we go to the mailbag? 
Just mix it up this week. Mix it up. I mean, the this mystery was, voice getting even more of a mystery with the, with the passing weeks. N- not this week, but last week's one uh, was this one. You are my fire, my one desire. And uh, that, that was Conor McCormick, who uh, he, I think his words to me was, I put a bit of... Uh, put a bit of anger in it or something like that he just yeah. lashed it out and it was a fair backstreet boys was this um you are my fire my one desire that's yeah. right it doesn't really sound like the backstreet boys no but the winner um like backstreet boy and uh commiserations to robbie crosby who's the Galway united opposition analyst um who didn't win it but did did get his vote in the winner is trainer's boy trainer's boy league of ireland fans in trinity well, I mean, trainer's boy there, there would be yeah i don't think that i mean that's obviously a nickname yeah, so Trainer's Boy uh, wins the four Porterhouse brews, beautiful brews from the Porterhouse. Um, now, this week's one, Dan, is topical. Oh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Oh, heaven is a place on earth. They say in heaven, love comes first. We'll make heaven a place on earth. And that was this week's Mystery Voice. We shall Should say we no more. you recognize that voice? Yes. I've, I've already sent you this. No, no, I know that. Oh, I, yeah. I was playing along with the <laughs> Should we recognize this it? This is your first time doing this That's show, Johnny. That's the joke. <laughs> no, no, I, should I, I know we, who it should, is. Sorry, I didn't. Uh, sometimes well, is, is Belinda Carlisle in these <laughs> for some reason? <laughs> Belinda Carlisle grounds. Yeah, um, no, it's not Belinda Carlisle grounds. Yes. Um, could, could it be a reference to anything that happened in the last week? What did you make of, uh, what did you make of the Shelburne Sligo Rovers uh, post-match interviews, actually? Damien Duff, he's just... He, like, Roy Keane, like, I saw Neil O'Reardon wrote an article in response to Roy Keane's giving out about the celebration for the goal. Yeah. Again. And I'm just like, why do we, and I actually enjoyed the article, but it's like, why do we need to have a reaction to everything that Roy Keane says? But Damien Duff, on the other hand, is actually a football manager. And the stuff he says continues to be gold. And he had a bit of a go at an ex-League of Ireland player after the uh, Sligo victory. He did, yeah. He, what did uh, you make of it? He was a bit mad, like. Well, I think it was something that had been brewing, obviously, in his mind. But I mean, they lost training at home to Finn Harps, you know. You had people like Johnny Ward, you know, talking about how many games Shells, Bows and Dundalk had won together. Three. You're, you're, how, many, how many times did they win in the last week? They all won once, you know, so that's, that's, mm. that's dead. Um, and, you know, they're getting... Well, really sorry, that, the, the, fact of the, the fact was actually correct at the time. They won three ah, yeah, from 20. Yeah, but it's, yeah, whatever, it's a lot stat. Of draws, not a draws, not um, Shells once. have been very oh. good on the road, just they can't really yet sort it out at home, playing Rovers on Friday. Yeah, but, but clearly they've been annoyed by uh, Carol Shepherd comments about Cameron Ledwidge on RTE podcast. Um, and, you know, I think they appeared in a... It made it sound like, you know, someone had, like Shepherd had gone to the press or something to do a job on, on that bit. I mean, it wasn't really What did case. he actually say? Well, I think he just referenced that um, they were, I think, oh God, it was something like they were bad in both boxes um, against Finn Harps and made a reference to Ledwich, who was on the left of the back three. But I don't think it was especially personalised, but... I suppose, I mean, Duff is getting on board with the Shelburne Bulls as well. Like, you mean, Shepard isn't particularly well regarded there, you know, after his time there Mm. in their relegation season. So uh, I'm sure he's briefed on a bit of history and probably knows coming out and having a bit of a pop. I mean, uh, we were on off the ball on Saturday with David Connolly and he was on about, you know, I think Duff, you know, the media go to him, you know, it's an easy quote. I was like, 
I had to say at the time, I mean, this was on Shelburne official club media, like who <laughs> put yeah. it out themselves. So it wasn't like, you know, yeah. he got stung by someone who asked him a question. He like, this was through the official channel. This was a, an initial, an official sort of commu, whatever you call it, communi- communist manifesto. Yeah, well, because Gav's the yeah. Shell's PRO um, was, you can hear at the end of the clip was following on with a very erudite football point about Shell's like general play or something. Because um, I think he was enjoying the conversation. But as you say, it was an official channel. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was put out there. Let's have a pop. Let's have a pop. Well, we go to the mailbag because that gives us a chance to cover a lot of the other stuff we need to get across here. Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters. Yeah, we got. I mean, we tried that. We had to wait until after the Tuesday night game, and I suppose if we'd done a mailbag on Friday night. Might have been a lot of angry Bows fans. Long must after stay. That, after that concession late in the day against Derry. And then they win um, last night. And does that change the vibe around Bows or not? You know, is Sligo Rovers being in crisis suddenly? A, Buckley must a go. Thing? You know, have they started well again and then failed to, to follow up? They have lost two home games in a couple of days. You know, maybe Peter Fitzpatrick, longtime Charmick Rovers fan, has pointed out, of course, they go to Tala, get a result, and then they lose their next two games. Yeah, and they were, I mean, they're obviously two up in that game. So it's like since since going two up in that game, now maybe their own pitch isn't helping them either. Just, just, just on that, Dan, as well, like the, the pitches um, and, you know, the UN brought out this thing about the climate crisis. It, it is a bit weird. We, we're not getting much rain in Ireland at the moment and in the, in what are we early April when you see grounds like the showgrounds Belfield looked really really poor again on Monday night as well and it's really really is an issue at the moment yeah I just don't think you can I mean I, and I, I take your points about climate change and everything but I really just think as Pat Fenland said last week the noise it's, it's just bad pitch maintenance as well yeah like, I, I mm. understand no we, no that's fair enough difficult weather conditions here but um, listen let's just you know there's a lot of questions a couple of references to Bose you know massively improved performance uh, it's from Jack, you know, Max Murphy and Connor Levingston were outstanding. Um, Joseph Lennon, you know, is, is the Bows when a sign that Sligo have issues there? I mean, if this is it. Is it one of those things where Bows are good or Sligo Rovers are bad? So it's sort of hard to tell. Like, you don't want to get too, you don't want to get too caught, caught up in, like, taking one game, the most recent game, and sort of making a conclusion off the back of it. But what it potentially does show is that you could have a very congested sort of midpoint in that table. Um, what's the midpoint though well uh, what I mean so is where, do shells come into that then or do you know is it like is it sort of fourth down to I think it's potential we'll, 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 third, we have even. some Derry City comments I mean, and we'll have and we'll Van Reynolds coming up so that'll cover a sort of a Derry City base so we won't, maybe don't, don't need to dwell on it too much now but you're probably talking third to sixth really aren't you uh, and shells I think Shells I'd still be surprised if Shells could get into that discussion but you'd be surprised if they could I think I would be yeah, yeah. Um but I mean, they might strengthen in the window, but I think certainly you're looking at Pats, you're looking at uh, Sligo Rovers, Dundalk. Um, I saw them against Eastley on Friday. I mean, the couple of times I've seen them in the flesh, I've been impressed by Dundalk. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Just on Shell, sorry, very briefly. It, they, they haven't had an awful lot of use of Jack Moylan yet compared to the player he could be. And Jordan McAniff, I think, is, is yet to get going. I think they have a lot of upside still. And if they can figure out how to play better against teams that kind of sit in against them or, or at Talca Park where, you know, they've not been great. I think there's there's still definitely positive signs for, for Shells. Like, yeah, um, no, I, I think, think there's plenty more... of upside. And, and remember, Damien Duff is an extremely highly regarded coach. So there's yeah. probably a lot. And Joey O'Reilly. Well, so. I think it's interesting that a couple of the teams like who lost games before the break 
Um, Shells, you would assume, used their two weeks off. Well, they did seven games in a month. The dog even similar. Robbie Benson spoke a bit about that on Friday. You know, they the work to do. And a couple of those clubs who had players win international duty didn't include them in the matches after the break, which mm. suggested they'd been working on something mm. all the way back. Mm. Mm. And maybe after those seven games in a month. But I mean, like Mark Maloney's point there here just about bows again you know the result has caused for optimum huge work for bows still to do but only three points off Europe despite the negativity and performances that's the thing but the table well, is so congested you can say that you see you can mm. you can make those points for anyone mm. um, I see Berlurgan United um, which is the I presume that's yeah that's Berlurgan football club in in, a, in Loud Neck of the Woods how about an in-depth player by player analysis of Shamrock Rovers who are six points off the pace oh no wait a minute you already did that piece last week Skating comments what, about Rovers. Yeah, talking too much about Rovers players. Oh, okay, that, yeah. That was the criticism. Oh, Did you okay. get the criticism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that yeah, was yeah, the yeah, dig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, gotcha, gotcha. Jason Shannon, any chance of some first division talk? Treating ever two wins in the spin. I mean, if one of the wins is against that loan, does it really count? I mean, it does count at the table, but it's hardly, you know. Text from Tommy Barrett. I was like, treaty on the march so that I could extrapolate in that point. Ha ha, long way to go yet, Johnny. So that's oh, that's all he's go. given away. Just, um, that's just so a, Cork City are obviously flying just, it. I think I've just dropped the name on the ground there, Johnny. Tommy Barrett. Um, go United get worse to watch every week. Um, like the Cove game again, it was a horror show. But they you were watching this from the south of France, really? <laughs> I was, yeah. But uh, I was, you're, you're obviously very concerned about climate change and your carbon footprint. But you I did offset. To France. I, I did offset my carbon footprint by paying the extra on the flight for whatever that matters. But yeah, no, I'm a hypocrite. I am a hypocrite. Yeah. But in fairness, it's a nice holiday. In fairness, I had a great holiday. I don't drive, and I'm flying an awful lot less than I did, and I'm constantly pontificating about climate change. We're so absolutely it, screwed, Dan. We're so listen, screwed. It is a concern. We're so so screwed, and people are just. Are you saying you don't? drive your own paper didn't even didn't even have it in the on the front page the other but day are you saying you don't drive because that's actually a if i if I, i'd love to have a i'd love to so i'm giving you a lift I lo- I i'm to giving you a lift to this past conference afterwards i'll, I'll rather walk i'll offset it with carbon my carbon footprint i cycle 99 percent of the time um but yeah i'd love to have a hybrid car yeah. Not a hybrid, sorry. I'd love to have an electric car, but um, it's a, it's in the in the future. It's hopefully. in the ether. Oh, hopefully it is. Um, yeah, there's a we few other references. Um, yeah, the, the first sorry, in the first division though. Yes, can so, Longford make it a three horse well, race so, with Cork City well, and Galway? Well, well, Galway says a, a Cork fan, which was obviously a little bit of a dig. Well, the, the story the story in the first division is is Waterford. Waterford had like really just got a late draw against Longford, lost to Treaty, lost to Cork City. They've had a serious serious wobble. The first half of the game, talk about me overreacting. The first half of the game in Terryland against Galway United, I was like. These lads are going to win the league. They're yeah. really good. I don't know what's happened. I have no idea what's going on there. Um, I will ask Rennie as well yeah. a little bit about Waterford when he's on. But the first division is is interesting. Um, the the big story in the first division is Waterford. The second biggest story is Cork City, who lost their first lost against Galway United, have been flying it since uh, under their very own promising manager, young manager in Colin Healy. Yeah, no, no, and and I mean Cork massive crowd losing against Galway. They've been otherwise pretty consistent since then. See Emma Wheatley here. Um, Shelburne fan is that maybe Shamrock Rovers that neck of the woods. Emma Wheatley yeah. never heard Bo, of her Bo's revival short lived because I you know, put out some te- <laughs> you know some teaser comments what's happened Sligo Rovers second half and Tal has ended our season bit dramatic uh, Derry's title challenge feeding hopefully well, we'll, we'll, is this we'll, Emma? yeah we'll cover that topic. and then uh, there was a reference to Andy Lyons goal machine never in doubt and Mick Fallon makes that point Andy Lyons was sensational against Harps um, which is I mean, it is a story, I suppose. Andy Lyons, who, who's, who's maybe his form at Bowes last season was, was poor, but maybe the sort of change of scenery seems to have sort of galvanised them in some shape or form. Have you checked well. the Instagram? Oh, no, I have. The Instagram, yeah. of course, is a little bit more um, 
uh, diverse. Um, there's a reference, a question from Jersey Store. Now, I'm not going to name the offense because I don't really trivialize it, but it was effectively saying if you were arrested, would you use Clancy O'Donnell <laughs> or Higgins <laughs> yeah. to get you out of a legal situation? Clancy O'Donnell or Higgins. Which, which one would you yeah. use? I can imagine Clancy having a lot of rows with the officialdom. Right. O'Donnell, I'm not sure. Well, yeah. I'm not sure how he'd be like. Um, well, he's, I mean, at the moment, I mean, he's, he's meant to be involved in a legal situation. I don't believe it's actually he'd be, he'd be one of those lawyers that, yeah, he'd be one of those lawyers, like, he was very annoying to play against, apparently. He just tried to basically be in the referee's ear the whole time. He'd be one of these lawyers that just, the wear, objections, he just wear you out, wear you out, wear you out. Higgins. Higgins no, I, no, this is O'Donnell. And, O'Donnell. And Higgins. Um, H- Higgins would get settled out of court somehow. Yeah. <laughs> he'd, he'd know someone. <laughs> what, Rennie? I'm just suggesting that. I'm like, I mean, could be completely wrong. Could be completely wrong. I, d- I don't know where be, you're going with that. I don't know. It's just, There's a lot of veiled <laughs> stuff going on there, Dad. Um, BK O'Donnell, O'Donnell Higgins. BK O'Donnell, uh, not of the other uh, Clancy O'Donnell Higgins. Uh, <laughs> would a team of 11 Ronan Boyces beat any of the Premier Division teams? He's, he's fairly flying since our interview with him at the launch. Yeah, he's, he came across as a really nice fellow as well. Yeah, I don't think the two are linked. I don't think the, 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 the interview with the launch has somehow propelled them to better things. I think it has. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Dugan, can Derry keep this up? I think we'll probably deal with that. With Derry a, have a plus know. goal, uh, an, a plus eight goal difference. So they're, they're really Can we assume Derry are going to win the league yet since Richard told him? I mean, the question the is, is over. how long until Johnny Ward declares it over? That's the big well, question. I think we have a title race anyway. Do you think, well, you've said that since the start. But I mean, at what point do you think Derry aren't going to be caught here? They're getting a lot of late goals and signing champions and all that. Rovers haven't gotten going yet, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll I think see. we have a title race. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just not sure if Pats can hold on the way they're going. They're wobbling a bit. So it might be that Pats kind of need to possibly need to beat Dundalk on Friday. Yeah, well, I mean, that's going to be electric on, on Friday. It definitely I, I'm in Talcaf, which won't be bad either. Ah, yeah, yeah no. I always get the... That will be good. That will be good. No, always, it's actually a good derby. I think Shells, I'm glad the Shells, to be honest, I'm glad the Shells got a win because I think it gives them a chance of just keeping a bit of the Talca buzz going, which is important. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I the Dock is going to be... It's a weird one though because, like, I mean, as I said, there will be words from Stephen O'Donnell about it. I think he's sort of he, he's been around the game um, as you said Pats are sort of how many not, more references are you going to make to this potential piece no, of the no no I'm just saying I'm just it's saying just, that yeah. like, Pats are clearly on the down low completely because <laughs> I don't think it's anything to do really with Tim Clancy like he's friends with Stephen O'Donnell as we know the, the grievance is I guess what I'm saying is that there's going to be two angles to the to the tension on Friday there's going to be just Pats fans and uh, you know, to, directed towards I think O'Donnell rather than any players, and of course the away bench in in Pats is quite close to probably a passionate section of home fans yes. where it is. So O'Donnell will be getting, it. and I think the director's box will be the other area as well because I think uh, relations between officials at the club wouldn't be particularly good. Would have soured over this. Beyond <sighs> that, I don't think anything the anything between the benches or anything like that. You know, it's a sort of, and, and between the players, it's more, um, they, they would be the little angles to the whole thing. I, I, I have the, I, I can't wait for Friday in the sense of uh, the, the games that are um, just making it a cracking round of games. We've been waiting for this grudge game. I'm going to be at home having a sundown session IPA after my, uh, I'm going to go to the game in Talca, come back and then watch the whole of the highlights or the whole live, as live of Dundalk versus uh, St. Pat's. What a what a way to spend a Friday night, Dan. So did you just turn into a mid-market, like, shilling yeah. 
radio DJ there out of nowhere. Absolutely. The guy actually made a serious. I was on with Adrian I was Kennedy. Make a, I should make a serious yeah, point, I mean, I and all lost. of a sudden was, you went off into a sort of was, a <laughs> mid-Atlantic read of some description. <laughs> well, when I get home after the game, I'll be having my sundown session IPA. That's it was, sundown session IPA. <laughs> it, was like, it was like some kind Dave of. Dave will be delighted. It was like that. some kind of Surrey request just went wrong. When, there. when you <laughs> when you Johnny, come back and you're, you're land li- comment, please, Alexa. When, out of nowhere. When you come back, we don't need to mention the actual like make of the beer here but when you come back and you chill in on a Friday night what are you talking about what do you like to have do you like to have a stout do you like to have an IPA what's your chill chill out beer of, of an evening as a, as a matter of well, 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 of course, Johnny. <laughs> Is it a... <laughs> I would normally enjoy all the Porterhouse range. Well, you're a Guinness so man. So on a what, Friday what evening when I get home after the game, the truth is I don't have any drink at all. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> as it's damn. generally quite late um, and I might have a cup of tea and go to bed because I might be seeing a baby in around six hours time. Six hours. Yeah, or so. Yeah. And I play football on Saturday mornings. So. In Abbottstown? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't... I don't How's your form? I don't have any drinks or herbs or anything before the game. <laughs> My form, uh, my form is uh, <laughs> my form is my form is limited. Anyway, is like, so so so, we so anyone was coming here for some discussion about the St Pat's and Dalt game and what might happen. It got derailed by. The Sundown Session IPA <laughs> Johnny Ward Sundown Session <laughs> like, um, Do you have anything to add on the game? Or what do you, the, well, obviously the, one, know, of the, one, of the, one of the questions in was what reaction would you, would you, what will be the could reaction? Could you have at least have thrown in a reference to when, like a when, finely pressed shirt as well to look after our other sponsors <laughs> you know Seven feet I, tall I like to get home with a Sundown Session a new sh- a free shirt and tie from Collar and Cuff and go online and order some tickets for your um, future one, ticket one, one, of the, one, one of the questions was what reaction will Stephen O'Donnell get when he comes out onto the pitch I it's going to be what? like it's one of these things it becomes a Brian Carroll be balling at it, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because like you know the, the the media will build it up and talk about it will he go over to clap to the Dundalk fans like a, in a Pat Dolan way or will he go over to but like, one of the will, moments will, last year when he won't know him, and I know Stephen O'Donnell as I do it will be on his mind like I think what am I going to what's the reaction going yeah to be it's going to be uh, he's as going much to get, as he's a professional uh, he's going to get loads of grief and I think t- to be fair I, as I said like you know the attitude of, of the people People in the dark I spoke to on Friday was well we want games in the league to be big events mm. now, it's easy for them to say it because they sort of they got their man in this situation but like there's you know I think Robbie Benson did make this point it's like there's a lot of weeks in the league where there's the crowds are flat there's no atmosphere this is a game where there's a storyline we talk about like narratives for like TV coverage and stuff and once it doesn't like cross the line and no one does that it's stupid it's it's sort of great. Like, there's a real edge of story. People who it's who, not sectarian. Who, who like read, something last weekend. Read, people who will read the paper on Friday morning might be floating people, you know, or you could read my weekly newsletter <laughs> with a sundown like session. <laughs> but like, but, but like, but I you wouldn't, mean, I wouldn't read your newsletter comes out at twelve o'clock. Like, <laughs> yeah. it could be. Going that was one of the things about you, France. You just have a you have a glass of wine at like eleven in the morning, and nobody thinks anything of it. Yeah. It's so it's so cool, yeah. and then you just don't. And unlike unlike the binge drinking of Ireland, where you just let's go on the beer. That they know you well, just well, that's because well, you, that's because you'd be walking around Harold's Cross taking a moody photo <laughs> if you're walking around Harold's Cross holding a glass of wine. I mean, people will will talk. Um, but will, I, will. I think the point is like you need storylines, you need a bit of edge. And listen, I'm not trivializing the anger that people at St Patrick's like feel around this game, but I guess what I'm saying is that it actually makes this game accessible to people you know, from an outside external point of view. So once it doesn't cross the line, I think there's a danger of like you know sort of casting aspersions on the character of some Pats fans talking about security and stuff I'd be disappointed yeah. if you started to suggest something really bad would happen but there will be like abuse and grief and I think you know 
okay like that that's that's a story and you sort of sort of sort of embrace it as much as you can you mentioned applauding the fans i mean one of the things last year was um when st pat's beat dundalk in the the cup semi-final and um i mean this was almost like a a night where it looked like a changing of the guard really between the two clubs and the dundalk fans were held in after the final whistle for like 10-15 minutes and o'donnell came back out and got a huge because vinnie perth had been sort of walking around the pitch um, sort of like reflecting on the defeat and he'd given a bit of you know the Dundalk fans have been chanting his name and then O'Donnell came out and there was a huge roar interesting and he like gave them the applause and it was like and they Dan actually sang the, one of the tamest uh, attempts at an applause well, ever. I don't like a baby like who can't actually <laughs> need one hand with the other yeah but um, but like <laughs> he, gave the, he gave the big round of applause that's interesting yeah and they sang his name and it was like there you go was that the night where he said I think I'm going well, to Well I don't know because he was asked afterwards about the response the reception he got he was very much well I had a great time there but like moving on with Pats and stuff and Gary Kelleher was on the pitch and everyone was he almost taking Pats have turned the corner I'll tell you that, one person who won't be explaining that uh, at a Dundalk press conference this week Stephen O'Donnell because there isn't one is there? Is there even a press conference well, They don't really do press conferences okay. now um, they just do, What's their media output this week? Um, I don't know what it is that's why you know if you're a good journalist gets ahead of the game you go to their previous game and talk to people then get them in the bag there you go you can't both, both where, <laughs> sorry where were you south of France whatever on, on yeah. team yeah. they have an unbelievable football ground right on literally on the water with this mad like fort kind of structure that must be hundreds of years old it's, it's the most amazing uh, did you I put it on Instagram did you yeah, yeah. There you, were can kids follow, that, you can follow it on Instagram it's a bloody for, astroturf Dan it's for, a bloody astroturf for, for moody pictures of Dublin France Galway, wherever you want to get it. Let's we're off, we're, we're off, before uh, that, we're off to the Pats press conference, which is again, I mean, Tim Clancy isn't even there. I mean, it's kind of like they're, they're on yeah. the down low. So, I mean, we're basically going to the future. Um, mm. This is going to be, we're going to get ahead of it. We're going to the future to hear Johnny Ward talking to St. Pat's defender. Does know anything about what's going ha- on hasn't here. Hasn't happened yet now. Tom Gravosti. Tom, how are you enjoying life in Ireland so far? Uh, obviously, start off with Bolton, and you've taken a bit of a route via Scotland since. Yeah, yeah, no, I've really enjoyed the show far, and I mean, the lads have been great, helped me settle in, and obviously, got I've got a family over here, so that's that's really helped. So, uh, now it's been a good start. I feel like I've settled in, settled in well, and uh, looking forward to the rest of the season. Is just doing the obligatory Wikipedia lookup before you interview a player. You were playing at, you were at Bolton at such a young age. Like, how did that work out? Uh, no, no, I just really got scouted when I, I was young playing for my school team and kind of just went through like the, the youth teams at Bolton for years and then went full time when I was 16. Yeah, and it, like, what's, what's it like being a kid kind of at a club like that so young? Nothing, I, I really enjoyed it. It's not on a. I'm big or like big about it. It's just kind of it's normal. Like you, you meet with all the lads from a young age. Mm-hmm. You, you grow up, kind of grow up together, and there's no. I didn't feel any pressure. Like you don't think, oh, I'm at a massive club because there's so many like older teams than you all the time. So it's not like such a big deal. Just kind of playing with your mates, trying to get better as you get older. Tell us about the injury you sustained in Scotland. It's against Rangers, I believe. Yeah, uh, no, I had a terrible time with injuries. Uh, I ruptured t- my toe ligament in against Rangers, and I was out for four months. Then I needed an operation. Then I done it again, 
I needed another operation and then I needed a hamstring operation as well. So I played like five games in 19 months, but then five games I, I was not fit at all. So I had a like, tough time there, but I'm thankfully over that now and I'm looking forward. Is that a rare injury for a footballer to get her? Yeah, I, I went to a foot specialist and he says he's seen, he sees like one every two years. So no, it was a weird injury, like, but it's a tough one to to get right. And do you start second guessing yourself then when you were playing so little in, as you say, a year and a half or whatever? Yeah, a bit men- like mentally, like, it was so tough. Um, like I knew at, at, at the time, like I knew I, I was injured, but I was getting told by physios and stuff that I was I was fine. And I, I knew I wasn't, and then like after like a year of battling, like doing rehab and that, I got a, a scan and found out that I needed another operation. It's like mind blowing, like to like try and get your head around, but nah, I'm over that now and um, I'm glad to be back playing. How did this come about? Uh, we're just getting a bit of Irish weather here as we come in from the pitch. Um, how have you? How did it come about? I guess yeah. No, no, I was uh, <laughs> Sean O'Connor going by there. Another veteran of the game. <laughs> I was a. Uh, I kind of knew I needed to just go and play um, and, and leave Ross County. I mean, I, I would have had to like really fight for me play. And after coming off such a long layoff, I, I kind of just needed a fresh start. And uh, I was looking to get away in the January. And then out of the blue, I think John John Daly rang me agent, um, and then rang Malky McKay, who's the manager of Ross County. And, and then basically I spoke to John and he told me about the club and that and it's something that excited me so I uh, I spoke to Malcolm, my agent and that and everyone seemed like it'd be a good move for me so it happened really quickly. I guess you knew very little about the League of Ireland. Yeah, I didn't know much at all. Um, it's hard to gather bits of information here and there but I think my agent had watched League quite a bit over the last few few years and he was really like keen on me to come over and thought it'd be a good platform for me to come back playing so no, I didn't know much about it but I'm, I know quite a bit now of playing in a few games and that and now it's a really competitive league. You're, how, how have you found it actually? It's been yeah, it's been tough. Like there's there's no easy easy games in the league, and like the top five or six teams, like so competitive. Like you, you look at the games between all the teams, like one goal in it, like loads of one nils, two ones, stuff like that. And then even when you go like to Finaps away, like it's a tough game, like on that pitch. Oh no, really competitive league, and uh, I've enjoyed it so far. And you're playing centre back. Is that your natural position? Yeah, I'm a centre back. Not yeah. the biggest lad in the world. Six foot two. Are you six two? Maybe yeah. I'm getting taller with age. <laughs> yeah. So that's your your ball playing centre back here. Yeah, yeah I love you. Uh, no, that's my position. I've played lo- like loads of positions. I've played all across the back line from Ross County and in midfield, but that's where centre backs where I feel more comfortable. Yeah, and for, like your the standard of centre backs at St Pat's isn't bad to be fair. Younger Bank, uh, Paddy Barrett, to name but two. Yeah, no, no, the lads are like really good players. Uh, I, I didn't really know, like obviously didn't know much about the lads here, so no, it's been good to get to know them and obviously me and Joe have stuck up a decent partnership so far, so hopefully we can keep that going. And yeah, interesting game Friday obviously against the Dock who were managed by your former manager, Stephen O'Donnell the Pats. I wait my former manager. So not your, but like the Pats, oh, yeah. Pats former manager. Sorry, yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll rephrase that. They coming back to Inchicore Core on Friday. Yeah, I have no idea about them. No That's idea. why you were sent out, I think, to do the press conference. <laughs> but uh, it's a big game, obviously. Dundalk, like they're obviously they've they've two wins, but they're kind of going well as well. 
Yeah, no, I, I know. I've obviously played with Andy Boyle. Uh, yeah, that was in Scotland, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I know, and a couple of lads have played for Scotland for them. So I, it's probably the team that I knew most about when I'm coming over. Got some decent players. So obviously it'll be a tough game, and there's obviously a lot of. I don't know how to describe it, but obviously a big game for the fans and stuff like that. So, be a good atmosphere on Friday night. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. But to be fair, all the games have been good atmospheres, mm-hmm. even like our away support's been brilliant, and that's what I didn't really know. I think obviously with the fans being away for a few years, like the way they've come back and support has been brilliant. Yeah, who are you living with in Dublin, or how are you settling in? I'm living with uh, Ronan. Ronan Cochran? Yeah, uh, moved into an apartment with him, so that's uh, He's helped me settle in really well, to be fair. And I've got family in Clontarf, so... Yeah, how, tell us about that, actually. Um, well, my auntie moved over and she had a kid with my uncle um, probably about seven years ago now, so they're there and they're right next to the airport and stuff like that, so I just go and stay with them every other weekend. What do you really make of Tim Clancy? <laughs> Well, he actually make the management team, to be fair. He's unproven. He's trying to make a name for himself in the game. <laughs> he's looking over at you there. Oh, he's, he's outstanding. Outstanding. Thanks a million for your time, Tom. Thank you. Um, welcome along to uh, Alan Reynolds. How are you getting on, Rennie? I'm great, lads. Great. Thanks for having me. You're back home in Watford. How does your, uh, your work-life balance situation go on? Watford to Derry wouldn't be the, uh, the, the easiest trip in the world. I'll have to get on to the... The owner, I'd have to get on to Philip to get me a helicopter or something or a jet <laughs> up and down that, that uh, road. But no, in fairness to the gaffer, number one gaffer at the minute, Rory Higgins. Um, Let's get that out there. Yeah, he's uh, looking after me, get home when, when I can. Um, obviously, family at home and that, so it's important to get down. So just in fairness to him, he's being fair to me. Um, so when I have days off, I get, get down. If we're in Dublin, if we're playing, say, Bows. You know, I might go home the day before and then go home. So the problem is they think Dublin is five minutes from Waterford. Mm. You know, anywhere down this way, ah, oh, sure, you're nearly home. We're in yeah. UCD on Monday. And <laughs> how far are you from here? 20 minutes. <laughs> you don't get it. Yeah. Um, actually, just briefly while you're on the Waterford subject, um, what have you made of the Blues? Because we were just uh, we were asked about the First Division. It's been a really wobbly start from them, considering um, they would have been hot favourites to win the league. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's. It looks like they haven't got over being relegated just yet. Mm. Um, you know, but look, Ian Morris has a good track record with, with getting teams promoted. So hopefully, you know, they, they'll turn it around. But uh, um, it's just it's taking time. Look, he. I don't know how many players actually Morrow has brought in himself. They look like there's a lot that's been there from last year. Mm. And Wardy Mark Bertram's man. I'm. I'm not so sure, but there's definitely good good players there and and I'm sure they'll they'll turn it around. So Rennie, at the moment like it's you you are a double job and as you mentioned you've got a number one gaffer in Rory Higgins and then you've got Jim Crawford as well. It's been a pretty good fortnight. He's a number he's a number one as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. you've two number ones. But um like it's it's been a pretty good sort of couple of weeks then. So I mean Derry sort of riding high at the top of the table and the big win in Sweden. I mean I don't know. We'll talk maybe about Sweden briefly. Just that must have been very satisfying to um, after the, the long prep. I mean, from your perspective, the build up included that under twenty game in in Whitehall, which yeah. was with the two thousand and two age group that Jim would have referenced before, and was you know, quite a few League of Ireland players involved in that. But then to like spend that time together and go and win in Sweden, it must have been really satisfying. Yeah, it's brilliant. They're a great group. Um, this group. Even the one that was there before uh, that Jim took over from Stephen. Great group of lads. Um, really 
proud to play for for Ireland, that's for sure. And you can see when they come in, they enjoy each other's company. International football is so much different to, to as a coach, say, you know, working in the gym. That when you get them in, you have them for four or five days. And Jim has always been saying that you have to prepare them for the game where, say, if I'm with Derry, you know, you have a whole season with them and you can, it's a gradually, you say, over pre-season, you get in your ideas, how you want to play. But, they go back, say, with the under-21s, they go back to their club and they've all different ways, different styles. Their managers ask them to defend differently, attack differently. So it's important that Jim gets his message across through us as well, to myself and John and Reg, you know, how he wants them to play. So it's a lot of tactical stuff, um, but it's to get the balance right of that that players enjoy it, I suppose, as well. And, and just from your perspective, and, and I know you've been involved in European football um, sort of at, at various clubs at various times but I suppose at League of Ireland level like you'll prepare for a game and you'll you'll know some of the players on the other side you might have managed them or you know played against them or some some kind of link or some some description some way you've come across them in the future or in the past sorry how do you deal with say how do you enjoy the challenge of preparing to face Sweden um, particularly the first time you played them say and you're sort of dealing with players that you're, you're, it's purely off homework uh, and sort of that kind of preparation. How do you enjoy that challenge? That's exactly it, Dan. It's homework. You know, Jim would give himself and John say, you know, tasks to go off and look at various, say, countries, maybe Sweden for this one, and come back with the strengths and weakness, go through the players. But there's, there's you know, video, video analysis, men, Martin Doyle, was outstanding, and he's Aaron Rowe with him. So they're, to be fair to them too, they do a lot of the bones of the work. They're excellent at what they do. So uh, then it comes back to us and... and um, we all, I suppose, row in together and find a way that we think we could win. But Jim would have a lot of that covered as well. Like he's really well prepared, and um, so it is a lot different because you don't know. Even trying to pronounce some of the names yeah. is a struggle. But um, no, but you you have to, I suppose, do a lot of work and research and, and study if you want to say on, on the way they are because they're one-off games, you know. You don't see him then for four or five months. And last night, um, just look, 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 looking at MK Dons, both Connor Coventry and Troy Parrott scoring. A lot of the sort of youngish players for Ireland going well at the moment. Connor Coventry has been outstanding in this campaign with the 21s and the last one. Um, really great fella. He's the captain for a reason. As a professional, he's top, top charge. Look, it's a great loan for him. He's had one at Peterborough before this. Um, and this one seems to be working really well at MK Dons and a uh, fantastic fella I couldn't speak highly enough Troy Parrott he's only been in with us briefly obviously up with the seniors I'm hoping that Troy can be that goal scorer that the seniors you know are probably looking for that he can go and, and you know score plenty of goals for years to come people forget the age he is but another really good fella and, and an exciting excellent talent you you mentioned Oma Bamadele, uh, when I asked you for a player to look out for before, I don't know if I'd even heard of him. And it's it's fair to say I think you got that one right. Could you see um, Connor Coventry developing into a, a midfield player for the Ireland senior team? For me, it's still an issue. Uh, I don't know. I, I still think it's an, it's a place that's somewhat up for grabs going forward. Yeah, look, you could. Look, it's one that might take a little bit of time mm. um, when he gets more games under his belt and um, has a good... I suppose starts the season well next year and, and get he's definitely as the ability needs a run of games, which he's getting at the minute. But I'm sure he's knocking on the door at the minute with Stephen, you know. Um 
His performance, his 21s levels have been excellent, and, and I'm sure Stephen looks at that. But um, he'll know all about him anyway from his time in managing him with the 21s and what type of lad he is. Um, and he'll do it. He's proud to put on the green shirt, that's for sure. The the other one as well, just want to ask about was Obafemi because we had Jim Crawford on um, before the last squad was announced. His his form has been really, really good for Swansea. He got two goals there at the weekend. Like you saw with Troy Parrott that um, he was happy to um, kind of take time out from the senior team, come back to the 21s and, and do his bit. Like... What do you make of the whole Obafemi situation? Because like, obviously on form, he's basically good enough to be in the senior squad. And I know there was talk for a little injury as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure that, of where it is. I know Jim had a conversation with uh, Michael Obafemi and they seem to be happy where they're going. And Stephen obviously is is, is monitoring that closely and speaking to Michael as well. So um, regards potential, and I'm sure he's one that's on the radar and, and you know Stephen will be looking closely at him, but as you said, he's scoring goals. He looks like he's found the right place for him to be mm. and enjoying his football. But like I, I really enjoyed him when he came in. He seems to be a really good personality. Yeah, um, and good to be around. And and fi- sorry, finally, Joel Bagan, the left back as well. He was a player that you had good time for. Yeah, again, uh, he played under Mick last year with, with Cardiff and has come in and he's done great for ourselves and. Point lad has come in to settle in with the 21s. But look, you know, if you look at it, Johnny, if they're playing every week for, mm. say, Cardiff at that young age, he's playing as a wing back. If Stephen sticks with that, again, he'd be knocking on the door. But, you know, if we could hang on to him for, the, for another few months, we'd be happy. So I suppose the, the one constant between your two jobs is, is Brian Maher as well, um, Rennie. Like, and he you know he 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 had one difficult moment earlier in the campaign but really under like pressure in sweden he, he sort of he, he did his bit didn't he as well it must he must be no, sort of shut for him he's had a great season a great move a brave move i would have said to go up to to derry's first time moving away from home he's a relaxed type of lad takes everything in the stride popular with all the players uh trains really well you know he's working with decky mcintyre derry and then he's renegal martin so I'm sure they have different styles, but he's been excellent since he came up and look at the Sweden when we needed the pressure, needed somebody to come and, and catch balls. He was doing it and took the sting out of it. But he's been excellent, Dan, from start to finish for for, uh, for Derry. I'm looking at him very closely and a great fella. And he, he knows that he just has to keep doing it. And um, obviously we have to keep make sure that he, you know, not saying <laughs> putting him under pressure, but he has to maintain that uh, form and, and I'm sure he will. You know, every time someone comes in the show, like Johnny generally like talks to someone who works with them or something like that. You got a you got a question from Jim Crawford for Adam Reynolds, didn't you, Johnny? I did. Um, like this is, I mean, it's to put you on the spot to get an actual question from one of your. But, 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 who do I prefer, Rory Higgins or Jim Crawford? <laughs> well, also knows a question answer. <laughs> but come here, just before the Jim Crawford thing, how important were you in bringing Maher to the Brandywell? Because I think this is this has been a an interesting one with Brian Maher. For some reason, maybe he's not the biggest. Not everyone rates him maybe as highly as you and Rory Higgins. Yeah, but like Brian Maher was, in fairness, I can't take any credit for that. He was done to Derry before I was. Um, Rory Higgins was speaking about Brian Maher for the last year. Look, the way Rory wants to play, um, to play out, Brian is excellent at it. Mm. Um, he's been pushed. There's Nathan up guard side up there as well. So I don't want to be go- coming across as if, you know, it's all Brian Maher. You have another really good goalkeeper up there as well. But as regards to the play, that's what Rory likes, right, to build up. Yeah, from the back and Brian is excellent at it and 
Um, it's huge international football. Regards as high, I mean, I'm looking at some of the saves he pulls off in Daily Mount and, and, and away in Sweden. And, you know, he didn't have too much to do with UCD on, on Monday, but he's pulled off great saves. So I can't take too much credit for it. Uh, Rory has been on keeping an eye on him for a long time. But he developed really well at Bray last year under Gary Cronin and that. And you could see, he, there was a reason he went to Bray to get games. He was brave to leave Pats to do that. He's been brave to go from uh, from Bray to, to, to Derry. He backs himself, to be fair. Yeah, I think the goalkeeping situation in the League of Ireland is fascinating at the moment. Way underneath that extroverted exterior of his is an excellent football brain. Question, why are both John O'Shea and Alan always on each other's case during camp? Is it a Waterford thing? That's from Jim Crawford. And Johnny did that in another a slightly strange voice as well. Mm, obviously um, not Jim Crawford's voice no. or, or hugs. Uh, look, look, that, look. Say this one, right? There's only one lad. Sorry, there might be two from Waterford involved in the under-21s at the minute. And Leo Connor and me are the two. <laughs> Ron O'Shea is half Waterford. Like, I don't know who he shouts for when Waterford played to Kenny in the Harland. I'm, I'm just not sure. But uh, we have this debate. So when it suits him, he's Waterford. I, I just want to see proof. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> so what's his sorry, what's what's his, what's his other affiliation then? Sorry, he's half Waterford. Well, he, he lives over the bridge in Waterford, which is Ferry Bank, which is half. Some would say that's Kilkenny. I say half is Kilkenny, and the, the half that's Kilkenny is where he lives. That's that's just me. What? Now he he denies that. It, it is mad. Like I I didn't realize uh, until I, I I was in Waterford not that long ago how actually close it is to the border. But what's John O'Shea's crack going forward? Like what does he have to offer in terms of so his he's, own coaching? He, he, thing? He, well, he's he's, been, he's literally abusing him here. You know. Well, obviously he's going to come back with a, something nice. Because yeah. he, 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 he didn't realize how close it was to the border. I mean, it's, it's literally on the border, like Waterford City. I'm not coming back with nothing nice. <laughs> no, no. But look, brilliant. He look. I'm sure he's ambitious to get into managing the game and he takes all the boxes really good on the game really intelligent walks hard look I, do, I don't need to be speaking you know talking John O'Shea up he's absolutely outstanding he's been great with the group for a fella that's played 100 odd caps for the senior team you wouldn't even think that he's a humble fella isn't he yeah we're, we're del- look to be fair we're delighted and what he brings to the, to the group was excellent because look who he's played with what managers he's played under we couldn't ask for more, so he has little nuggets that all the time that, that improve. And that's, for me, working with Jim and John O'Shea and all the rest of them, that you're improving all the time. And I might let on that I know everything, but really I don't. He's obviously waiting for MFA or Kilkenny City to come back into the league for that first senior <laughs> job. But, but there's, I think there's, there's seven years between you, age gap. But would you have sort of been aware of John when he was growing up in, in Waterford when he started coming to scene? Like, would you have mutual contacts or are you only just getting to know each other now in that, that sort no, of that, sense? That's, that's an interesting one, Dan. Um, obviously, would have known about John coming up himself and Jim Goodwin actually at the time at an early age coming up and uh, doing really well. But I actually worked with John's dad who's passed away since Jim uh, nice. in Waterford Crystal, in Waterford Glass. And I used to be up to him all the time um, asking a great man he was, uh, great and proud. I used to always go up. I'm, I'm you know, we're working, say, uh, in Waterford Crystal, and you might be going up on Monday. How did John get on? They might have been playing Liverpool or somebody, but uh, it was great. So you'd always keep an eye on him. But look, we're delighted. Everyone is mad about John O'Shea down here. Yeah. 
I was—I thought he was going to say he was looking for tickets or something. <laughs> often, but uh, probably Michael O'Connor job with it. <laughs> Michael O'Connor actually did get a message in as well. One sec, um, he's up in Glentorn now. He's—he's he's obviously uh, uh, been around the block a little bit. Where are we now? Delighted to have Anne Reynolds on the show. Um, Michael O'Connor's comment was the best you will ever come across in the game. Emoji, um, the guns, and then uh, shades. Ask him: Is there a Michael O'Connor in Derry? <laughs> Michael O'Connor what a, I tell you first of all Michael O'Connor some player he's excellent um, no there's no Michael O'Connor in Derry <laughs> the closest one and I said this to Michael the closest one to Michael O'Connor in Derry is me <laughs> I actually completely believe that <laughs> there's a reason well, then, why he no, got on he's, uh, he's an interesting one great a lot of time for Michael I have to say and what a character the, the, the Derry dressing room um I did make the point that I thought the biggest sign in Derry made of all of these high-profile signings was going to be Will Patching. Um, now, the reason I was probably right is because the others haven't even barely played. What about Patching at the moment? I mean, people were actually, when he was at Dundalk initially, people were more or less writing him off as a bad signing, um, which has proven to be an incredibly bad call. His form really looks, and I'm going on highlights here, but he looks like he's off the charts at the moment. Yeah, look, he's been excellent. And, and they have a great relationship, uh, Rory and, and Patch. Um, and and he, oh, he has so much confidence in, in Patch. He, I actually, you know, I get on to him a bit about Patch being his blue-eyed boy, but he gets the best out. And Patch seems to love playing for Rory, which is, is great. Um, he's been excellent. Like, I, I was at Dundalk for a short spell and didn't see any of this for a number of reasons. Really? Yeah, for look, for a number of reasons. Look, it probably wasn't the best place for him to be. He wasn't playing regularly, but he's gone to a manager now that has so much faith and belief in him. It's frightening and believes that he can kick on and, and get even better and better. Again, as he keeps reminding me, he's a young lad who hasn't played loads of games. Uh, he's finding his way, but um, he's been outstanding, I have to say, and really good in it. And the joy to work with again. So when, when he approached you to join Derry City, um, what was your thought process? Because I, obviously you knew him well, but at the same time, you know, he was starting off in management and he could have gone to various people, but he went he went to get you for whatever reason. What, what was your thought process? Yeah, look, it was... Obviously, you know, Johnny, we know each other a long time, myself and Rory, so... Um, and, I, and I like the way he sees the game... First and foremost, I like him as a fella, but I like I like the way he sees the game. I mean, to be asked by Stephen Kenny to be the chief scout or whatever opposition analysis uh, is a big role, and there's not many get asked to do that. So that shows that he knows the game. Um, he's clear because you wouldn't be working at that level. Um, it's it's something he always wanted to do. Obviously, he's go back to manage Jerry, but when he came to myself and we spoke about it. Um, obviously with the distance and, and where I live like if I was living anywhere close there was no you know I, I'd i be there and gladly um, jump at it but you know there's a bit of thinking to do on both sides how it would work there's no point me going there and leaving him down and halfway through it going look this isn't working so and he was clear on that as well so we just spoke about it over you know over a few months and and then we said right we'll give it a go and and, you know, it's going well and we're enjoying it. We know it's, you know, it's a long road and, and there'll be ups and downs along the way. But, you know, we just, we enjoy it. He challenges me, I challenge him. But look, there's other staff there. Mm-hmm. Conor Logue, there's Mark McChrystal, the lads. They're all, they're all brilliant, uh, brilliant lads. So, but 
It's a good relationship at the minute. It's funny though, like the, 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 there's just like a couple of suggestions that maybe at Bowes at the moment that, you know, Keith Long has said confidence is low. Um, I think they, they train sort of in the evenings and for some of the players, it's a bit of a weight and so on. And how, like, you know, I'm not suggesting that there are problems at Bowes, but like obviously some dress rooms are happier than others. And the, the Derry dress room, um, it just seems to be a very happy place. Like, how important is that kind of, that good vibe when a player goes in, even if he's not necessarily starting, that he, he enjoys himself day to day? Look, look, Johnny, if you look at, say, Bowes or Shells, for example, like great managers, great coaches have, so on. But when they finish training, they go home, you know, they might live the other side of Dublin, they might, their family. When you're in Derry or Waterford, for example, it's such a small, say, city, you might have four lads, you might have three or four houses and they're all living together and living close. So they tend to do things away from football together. And I, I just, from my own experience, and I don't know if I'm right on this, but I just think in Dublin at times they go off and they meet their own mates where in Derry or what, say Derry, for example, they're their own, they're all tight in everything they do. So they probably left their mates that are in, say, England or in wherever they be. And these are their new ones. So that, to me, has brought a real closer. But just even on the, the pre-season, I mean, I've been around a bit now, and I haven't seen a pre-season as tough as what we've done. And Who's that down I, to then? It was savage stuff. You know, Kevin McGreedy, excellent, really, they're really fit. But there wasn't one word about it. There, nobody complained. The weather was horrendous and probably still is. Um but they just got on with it and I was looking going, like, it was impressive, I have to say. And, and it's a reflection now on, you know, the group and they're travelling together and scoring late goals. But look, that's when it's going well and, and everyone can pat yourself on the back when it's going well. But we know that there's the other side of it. You know, so is it the test will come when you have a few tricky results and how tight really is the group. Everyone loves travelling or going back after a late winner in Daily Mount. Ah, oh, we're all great, but... You know, there's another side to it as well. Just, just sorry, Dan. Just briefly, Kevin McCready. So he's the strength and conditioning. So like th- that whole thing you said in all your years, you haven't seen Anthony as kind of hardcore as that. That's in. So how does how does that how is that decision made? Like, is it like Kevin? Okay, you look after this because you obviously don't want to blow your load and be like basically yes. out of gas in mid season. So how does that work then? Well, you have to trust the strength and conditioning and and Michael Hegarty to fit. You trust them in, in the jobs they do. They know more about it, even though I would try and tell them I know more about it than, than they do. <clears throat> they know what it, you know, where to be fitness-wise at different stages. As you said, you can't peak too early, Johnny. I've done that with Waterford before, and mm. <clears throat> you tail off. So, um, you know, they would manage all that. Um, you know, it's not every day you come in and you're working hard and that, but when they work, they work the players. They work to the max and push themselves and push each other like I hadn't seen before, you know, that we obviously speak about the sessions and, and what, what the football and what the physical aspect is and and there's no point in me or Rory, I should say, working them really hard in football when Kevin is doing that. So, But they just push each other, you know, really tough and it's standing to them. And I will, like it's not one, as you said, that you'll blow up. I, that's not going to happen. Um, just the, Rennie, like the the Bowes game on Friday, and I wasn't at the game, so I'm going off the reports. But I mean, we speak about patching's importance, and we see that 
in Belfield on Monday with the free kick, but he did go off at Daily Mount at half time on Friday. And by all accounts, McElhenney in the second half was key. Who? Um, a guy called Patrick McElhenney. Yeah, you might be familiar with him. Because, well, Shane apparently has been very good too, mm. but Patrick come on at half time. Where is he at, sort of, in terms of the level he can get to, if you know what I mean? Because he's he maybe has had, hasn't had had a huge amount of minutes this season, but it does seem like he showed his quality on Friday. Yeah, Pat, Patrick McElhenney to me over the. 10 years or so is one of the ones I enjoy watching the most in the league, the likes of Foresters. There's a few, you know, you, you think about. Patrick McElhinney is, is the top of that. When he's in full flight and full flow, he's a joy to watch. Um, he's obviously had his injuries at Dundalk, so the manager's just easing him back in. He's get slowly getting there, but it, we just need to be careful with it. But the second half, for a half an hour there, he, he was really impressive and really good. And again, it's his hometown club and um, wants to do well. But, you know, you mentioned Shane McElhenney. And I was one that kind of, when when Rory said, I've, shot, I've signed Shane McElhenney, and I was, I'm not saying I'll question it, I was going, right, I'd be interested to see how this one does. But I didn't doubt the manager, but I, I you know, questioned it a little bit. But Shane McElhenney has been unbelievable. You know, he's took his time to get in. It's interesting you say that, sorry, Rennie, because he's not like I've heard some people say, "Oh, he's not, he's not the best. Oh, he's his brother, so on and so forth." But he's obviously in form. Oh, stop! It, like, and it look, Johnny, it took him a couple of like, weeks to get into the team and got in, and um, his range of passing, his defending as a fella, top drawer, mm. um, helps the younger players. You know, Owen told Cameron McJanna beside him, um, top class. And as I said, he was one I was looking at question marks, but it, and I didn't. Doubt the manager, but he's been better than than I thought. And Cameron Dummingham as well seems to have Mr. Versatile reveled yeah. in his new role, which seems to be foisted upon him with uh, Jackie's injury, Kieran Harkin. Yeah, yeah, uh, Cammy, yeah, really another good player, um, really, really good player, playing a lot of positions, um, great attitude. But look, you know they're they're all enjoying it and playing well at the minute. But there's a drive there in them that. You know, we know it's a long season, and especially the likes of Cammy, he's been there, Patrick McElhenney, they've been there with, with Dundalk. They know what it takes and how long to stick at it and how to, I suppose, push the younger lads when, when need be. But Cammy's been outstanding. He's gone in there, no matter where you ask him to play. Um, great lads. Couldn't speak highly enough of him as a player or as a fella. So, I mean, Rennie, you're six clear now, and you're around the game long enough to not get carried away by anything, but you also know that these are the questions that everyone's going to ask, and you know around Derry people are going to start to talk as well. I mean, do do you embrace the talk of a title challenge, or do you sort of tell everyone to just just calm down a bit? Because it's, I mean, the, the discussion will continue if this form continues. Yeah, but look, people are, are you know bound to speak about it when you're, you're doing so well, you know, and, and that's natural. Yeah, as a group, we know that a couple of defeats, a couple of strange results, like Shamrock Rovers are outstanding. And I know they, <clears throat> if you want to say they've had a tricky enough start, but they're, you know, the six points behind, they're outstanding group of players. Pats are really good, and that, and Stevie at Dundalk. But all we can do is, is keep working away. I, I don't think there's, there's something in the group that anyone get ahead of themselves. I don't think the manager would leave that or the staff. I don't think the players would, would it'd be something they'd entertain. They're hungry, really hungry for success. And um, But we do know that it's a long season. But look, it's good that the, the supporters can enjoy it. 
and get behind it because momentum is 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 ex- is great and and then the Brandywell is packed and the noise there is great. So it's probably a boring answer, but we just have to keep at it. It's a long way to go. It is. It, it's a special place, though, isn't it? Like I've sadly enough, I haven't been to as many games in Brandywell as I'd like to have in my life, and especially in recent years. But. Um, there's just something about Derry City and 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 the, what the club means. I know there's been a lot of heartbreak and all that for any. And you know, we recently had the the five year anniversary of Ryan McBride, after which the brand after whom the Brandywell is now named. But there's I don't know. Is there something special about Derry City? Ah, there is. Look, I had my time up there before under Stephen, and, and mm. it's one of those where if you say to the young lads up there, do you like being from Derry? They love being from Derry. Mm. You know what I mean? Like. Somebody asked me, do you like being from Waterford? Yeah, I like being from Waterford. I don't fucking love being from Waterford. I like it. <laughs> but, but when you ask somebody, do you like being from Derry? They fucking love mm. being from Derry. And to play for Derry underage and come through to the senior team would be like playing for Barcelona. And the, pas- the passion up there uh, is second to none. And, and uh, you know, they, oh, they, you know they, they, they just love being, where they're, being from where they're from. You know, but and then I speak to Brian Mar about this the other day, and this is coming from the manager that he nearly feels that he's from Derry from listening to the manager. You know, it's mm. that to create that um, us us against the rest, I suppose. I, I, I think um I think Ren or sorry um Roy Higgins was on record as saying this as well. The the players that he brought in who are not from Derry, uh, and he referenced Brian Maher. Also, Brandon Kavanagh, uh, he seems to be implying that, I mean, I think it like if, if you're in any job or walk of life, if you're from Dublin and you move to somewhere like Derry, it's not necessarily going to work out for you personally, but he seemed to be suggesting that they're just reveling in it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I don't think you, you couldn't, you know, it's such a good group of players and staff and everyone is, you know, working really closely, working hard, pushing each other. But it also helps Johnny with results, doesn't it? Like I mean, yeah. you know, you the test, as I said, when you lose a couple, you know, that and and if you're not in the team, you know, that comes back of you moved away from home saying you suddenly find yourself out of the team, you go out, you know, what was my reasons for doing it rather than just, you know, you knuckle down and get back into the team. So look, they can all pat themselves on the back at the minute and, and love it and enjoy it, but the tests are to come. Mm. We have a few questions um, for you. Like, but before we just come to those questions, which may be subject to uh, legal advice. Um, By Clancy, Higgins, O'Donnell. The Pats Dundalk game is won on Friday night. There's going to be a lot of attention on it. Stephen O'Donnell going back to Pats. He's going to have all the scrutiny on him. Like, what do you, uh, would you sort of fancy that situation going somewhere where you're going to be in the, the firing line? How do you think Stevie will handle that? Because it's obviously going to be a, a lot of spotlight on, on that game this week. First and foremost, Stevie O'Donnell's an outstanding manager, same as Tim Clancy. Stevie will take it all in a stride, no problem to him. He'll be focused on the game. Look, it's part and parcel of it. It's a, he was brilliant at for St. Pat's. I'm not sure what went on. I don't really care what went on, but he was brilliant for them um, and a big loss to them. But look, they replaced him with Tim, who will be, I'm sure, he'll do the same. Um, Stevie will enjoy it. He enjoyed it as a player. Let's be honest, he was. He loved the challenge as a player and he's no different as a manager. So it'll be hostile, but I think that'll create, that, that'll add to the atmosphere of the game and uh, the tensions will be high, but uh, a draw would be perfect, to be fair. Yeah, that'd be your ideal result. Owen Tubbard asks, you've been involved in many League of Ireland clubs, either as a manager or a coach, and presumably as player as well. What club has the best facilities that you've been at? 
And I mean, what's your favourite club? I mean, I don't know. You're, you're probably meant to say Waterford, really. I'd say Waterford would be up there, though. Uh, I think Waterford in probably terms would, facilities, what, yeah. like In terms of facilities that you've worked with. Because I know Derry have plans to maybe to, to work on their sort of a training complex. I spoke to Philip O'Doherty about that recently. But yeah, in terms of work facilities, where have you enjoyed? Um, the facilities in Waterford are outstanding. They're, I mean, excellent. And the lads of the council that, that have it. So I would say that the Waterford one is, is top. Waterford's my club, so um, it's the first result I look for after a game. I'm always on to the lads, any results for me. So Waterford's my club, uh, it's where I'm from, proud of it. And But facility-wise, it's top drawer. But as Rory keeps saying, I'm, I'm half a dairy man now, so I love it up there, love every bit of it. But if that answers the question, the facility in Waterford are excellent, but... That's just that. An awful so, lot of indoctrination from Higgins. Like, you're, you're, you're a dairy man now. Well, that's like, it. He's only in like, there a wet week. Yeah, but that's yeah. what they do. That's yeah. what they do. Dairy um, girls and all that. Yeah. <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, the TV show, right? <laughs> what? Um, um, There's a TV show? Um, so Mark Rossiter, I mean, this is clearly a shit stir in question. What happened against Finn Harps with Chris Breen when he was at Waterford, which is obviously a famous game in 2005. I mean, can you shed light on that now, Rennie? Can you even go there? Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> I was in the wrong for once. Um, and I was actually sacked the next day. Yes. You were sacked? So this was after a handshake on the pitch that didn't quite go, yeah, to, yeah, go to plan. Yeah, it's an interesting story that we were playing. I was injured. I didn't start. And results weren't great. I was under pressure. I was only 28, is 29 at the time. And um, we were playing up. We were losing 2-0. <clears throat> and I had a tie strain. Right, a tie strain. So, anyway, we're losing 2 0. All right, I'll go on. I, I, and Vinny Sullivan, he still gets on to me to this day. I, I couldn't move, like, you know, and he's shouting at me, Come on, get the finger out. <laughs> so, near the end of the game, I'm not sure what way it was going, but we're, we're getting beaten anyway. But David Mulcahy was playing beside me, and the lad, uh, Chris Breen, who's a good player, actually, he, he said something to David Breen. And I said to Davy, I said, If you do anything there, you won't play for me again. Keep your, keep your head. Anyway, Final whistle went about 30 seconds after. I went to shake hands with Chris Breen. He pulled away. I pulled him in. And the rest is history. <laughs> That's, that, that answers to that question. To be clear, yeah, Chris Breen didn't come off the better at that exchange <laughs> no. at that time. But either <laughs> Alan Reynolds who le- left, yeah, left the, the, the next day. Everyone was a winner. Mark Kenny uh, put in great guests, great football fella. Graham Merrigan, can we have Rennie's thoughts on Padjo Flynn? Many thanks. <laughs> I don't even know what that's about. I know some head cases, don't I? <laughs> they, they say the same about you, I think. I, but uh, yeah, I tried to imagine you and Padjo Flynn uh, in battle together. No, actually, we had a good night out. He came back to my house, and uh, the house wasn't in great shape after. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's another. Whatever about you. Um, well, so just as well we Pat Finlan on last week just going back to, to Pat he's I don't know I just I think we made this point last week it was a great reaction to the show last week he's so lost to the management game is he not? Yeah he is like I, he has said it that he doesn't want to go back into it which is fair enough but I tell you what the help he was to me in Waterford as director of football he basically built the club up and again it was something to leave power I'm not sure how that ended but it wasn't great but he, if he doesn't want to manage, like some manager could deal with him in the club or some club could deal with him. And he doesn't want to take over a, mm. a fear of, you know, he'll come in and be too powerful. He would be perfect for some of the managers I see now. I tried to, 
you know, I suppose help Rory Higgins and some of the things Pat would have done with me. Um, but actually, you're right, Johnny. Like he's a he's a massive loss to it. You know, I have a lot of time for for Paddy. Brilliant for me, but I could see him working with say a Stevie O'Donnell, a Tim Clancy, those and being really helpful to the likes of those lads there's, there's a just speaking of Padge, Padge Flynn going back to your house good story about a, an unnamed League of Ireland personality where uh, he was the wife said to him will you go, go down to shop and get a bit of milk so he goes to shop and it's one of those kind of country shops that is a joint to a pub and he sees a few of the lads he knows sort of looking over as he's getting the milk and they're like come over come over we'll have a drink and he's like oh no no just getting milk for the wife so he went over and had a couple of pints with the lads next thing was four pints next thing was six pints <laughs> and next thing they said come back to the house come back to one of the house tennis they came back to about one in the morning nice few drinks that was it anyway he, he went he went home and so your man who hosted the party went to bed next thing around two in the morning the unnamed league of ireland personality is on the door he goes what do you want what do you want he goes jeez would you have any milk on you <laughs> johnny i'm pretty sure you told that story before i haven't named who it was and i certainly Happy haven't was. done it on this podcast yeah you I've, didn't do the accent I, no well i can't i it's I, you can guess who it is next week's mystery voice is whoever that was but uh that must have been a good party yeah at Rennie's, Dan. Well, I mean, I don't know. We haven't ah, heard well, the details of it. Well, uh, maybe. He played for Waterford. Padge did, actually. Mm. Um, I remember that, stage. yeah. And they loved him down here. I think most clubs he played with, um, they loved him because it was his way. Great, great fella. Rennie, if you were arranging a Christmas party with four of your former teammates and you wanted the best night out, who, <laughs> who was on your list for <laughs> having a laugh? Michael O'Connor, right? Michael O'Connor. He'd have to be on it. he... He would have no money starting off, right? So, but he'd make up for us in in the entertainment side of it. Would he have any money Actually, at the end? Well, but, uh, I'm not sure anyone else would want to go on it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just you and Michael O'Connor then going out. The other three just aren't showing up. <laughs> well, uh, well Pedro Flynn will come back to the house after, obviously. Um, but, yeah. Will 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 your old buddy uh, Stephen Kenny make it with Ireland? Do you think? Yeah, yeah. I went went to watch it against Belgium there, Johnny. I tell you what, they're brave in the way they play. Um, I like that. And I listened to his interview after and, you know, going, there's no point in going into a medium block against Belgium. You end up in a low block, which is so true. Um, and I like that way, I suppose, that he's going, going at times man for man against, against say, Belgium and against Portugal when I was at that game. Um, no, I, look, I really like a good group of players there and this, the fans seem to be getting behind them now. So, um, no, fingers crossed. I really hope it goes well. Is it a confidence boost for everyone in the league, though, as well? You know, to have say Stephen up there, and you're involved with the twenty ones. That for the young managers that we mention all the time that are coming through, that there is, they can believe that there's a pathway to the to you know the, the national teams for them. Like I think it, there, there's something in that, isn't there? That it's important for them yeah. to have that belief. Well, look, if you look at the way Stephen Bradley as Rovers playing with a back three and. You know, different movements ahead of them with their players and, and the style of play. Like, I really like that and admire the way uh, Bradshaw's gone about it. And again, you could see that in international football. You know, um, it's probably something that's more common in international football the way he has set up. So, um, just because you're managing, say, Dundalk or Pats, doesn't make you any less um, or far behind ones that are in England managing. Like, mm. they're good people here, good managers. Football is football at the end of the day, so you can complicate it. But the likes of the lads that are managing at the minute, they have a great football brain. Just new formations come into the league, just including Rory, by the way. New, you know, there's 
people studying the game, new methods of how to win, and, and these young managers are they're brilliant, you know. And look, there's managers in the first division as well that you know I really like and, and have a great way of playing. So we've got to back our own, and I think that it all bodes well. And, and if they get through to say manage our coaching international level here. They won't let themselves down, that's for sure. We'll actually hold you for the rest of the show because we're finishing up now. The fixture is Bray, Treaty, Cove, Watford, Galway, Wexford, Saturday. There's a bit of a trial there to see how the Friday or how the Saturday 5 o'clock works and Longford Town at Lone Town. And just, Rennie, briefly, the, the fixtures in the Premier Division, you, this is so uh, just so much crack to be had here. Pat's Dundalk, Shells Rovers, Joey O'Brien back against Shamrock Rovers. Draha the Bow is a fascinating game. Draha doing very well of late. Finn Harps, Derry City, Sligo UCD. So you're, you're off to, to meet uh, uh, Ollie Horgan and the lads in Finn Park on Saturday. Bring some milk. Oh, what a man, Ollie is. Yeah, but I, I'm hoping there's a few draws there. Johnny, right? <laughs> kill each other, kick the shit out of each other, all that stuff. I'll be and, kicking uh, the shit out of Dan in a minute. Ollie and, no doubt that'll be tough. He's a Great fella. Um, but yeah, why is, the, is it that game on in Wexford, Johnny, or is it in Galway? That's in Galway, yeah. So trialing, I, I think it's a great idea. The, the, I, I used to go to Galway United games on Saturdays, really liked it. And just for, for away fans, Rennie, as well, like, I mean, you're going to bring a big, big crowd there. It's just easier on Saturdays. I know it's a short trip, but the Finn Park will be rocking on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, and it'd be interesting to see everyone in Galway goes as well. Is it Grand National or is there something it, on? It is, it is, and actually, yeah, the the Grand National Saturday. So it, it's it's um, they have the possibility of, you know, showing games uh, from England or whatever. Uh, if you go, if you join the ground early, it's not happening yet. But if you if you could make a kind of a Saturday family experience, I think. Right, right. Yeah, it'd be a big crowd. I'm sure there will be um, a, a big crowd up in Finn Park as well. Uh, half five kickoff, as far as I know. So to be. Expect to be packed. They're not far for our, our group, our fans to to, to travel. It'd be like a home game, but uh, look, it'll be tough there. I don't think it's, it's ever easy there. Thanks a million for coming on, Rennie. Thanks, lads. Thanks yeah. for having me. Cheers. That was LOI Central, and we shall be back next week. Yeah.